Welcome to the RV Navigator Podcast, your RV lifestyle digital home. Visit the RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile RV studio that might be parked in a campground near you. Hello, this is Ken, your RV Navigator. And Martha, the co-pilot. And we're talking to you from a campground that might be near you. Yes, we, we hope are it is. spending the month of January in Tucson, Arizona, a city that we have visited in a cursory way during the heat of the summer, which was obviously a big mistake. Ooh. So we're um, hoping to see the city and all of the surrounding parks and mountains. It looks scenic and lovely. But to get here for the new year uh, and spend the holidays with our families back in Chicago area, um, Ken has been driving very, very hard for four days, and we are feeling kind of logy. So if we're not up to our usual (laughs) brain capacity. we, We have been driving for four days, and I don't know about you, but I have a tough time, you know, really, how many hours in a day can you drive and how many miles can you drive? As we find out, it's 1,739 miles right to this campground from our house, and we split that over four days, so we drove about 430 miles a day, which is uh, seven, eight hours a day behind the wheel, and that's about as much as I can take for four days. Um, even to our, in Alaska, we only spent three days continuous driving. But that was easier to stop because it was yeah. in the warmer time yeah, right. of the year. Oh, um, yes, and we, we, we came through <laughs> a number of places that well, had things to, to do. investigate and to do, but, but not here, when it's freezing or And below we were freezing. looking at the weather, and is it going to snow? And one of the days we stopped, the first day we stopped, and it was snowing hard, and we were glad that we were stopping. And so we are glad to be out of that area, but it is not warm even here. It's going to be 50 today, which is Because as we've learned the hard not way, exactly leaving summer. after Christmas, you yes. not only have to pay attention to the weather where you are, but the weather for where you are going. And you can get pretty far south in this country and still encounter <laughs> snow. As we are. Um, as Midwesterners, we often forget about the elevation factor. And in New Mexico, we came through passes 7,000 feet high. Oh, and yeah. um, they sn- they ski up there. Yes, and we travel south just as quickly as possible on Interstate 55 and then 40 44. and 44 and uh, going down through Tulsa and Oklahoma City, to a city which, if you follow the RV Navigator podcast, you know that the first year we did this, it was, we ran we're into in a huge storm. storm. And felt lucky to be alive. So we have it. bad memories of going through that area, so... Uh, if you're planning on going away for the winter, leave in November. <laughs> <laughs> make, make the family visit you in some warm part of the country. That but would be a better plan. We're out here. We're going to see friends and, uh, frankly, some uh, RV Navigator podcast listeners. So that'll be fun. And if you're in the California, Nevada uh, Arizona area, let us know. We just might stop in. We don't really have uh, serious plans uh, for this whole winter time. We're going to be kind of winging it, although we're staying here in Tucson. And this is a nice campground. We're at the Lazy Days campground. Lazy Days is a name familiar to me from Tampa. Tampa, right. Where they have an RV super show and exactly. um, a huge facility for buying and repairing RVs. Uh, very hospitable. But 
even here for a month we're paying 25 bucks a night which is a, a pretty reasonable rate for a full hookup site and they're not even charging us for electricity as far as i can tell and we will be uh right here uh, um enjoying the oranges off the trees the citrus fruit which is growing and the view and of the unlike mountains. texas <laughs> we can actually eat it if we want to and the view of the mountains in the distance yeah with snow on it because this area has had snow apparently fairly recently but they're not used to getting really uh hard freezes around here because they talk about it on the news that you better prepare for cold weather. So Which we're expecting that it'll warm up. Quickly. Unhooking the water hose. Unhooking for us, it means unhooking the water hose. Although we've been claim- complaining about the drive here, um, and you might say to yourself, yes. "Well, why don't you just go to Florida or Texas, which yeah. is a lot less yeah, driving?" Good question. Uh, we are restless and curious <laughs> souls, and we yes, always indeed. wonder what's always over the next hill. And I always well, say, although I think it's just a platitude, that I'm looking for the perfect place to settle down. Well, that, and and we but were, that's really true. And I mean, we were ready for some new scenery. There's going to become a time when four-hour days of driving is beyond my capabilities. You bet. And so we're going to want to find a place that we can settle down. We don't know what part of the country that is just yet. Certainly, Arizona is very different than Texas or Florida in terms of not, climate, in terms of Not atmosphere. much green. Right, but the scenic beauty, you know, it's just, today is just a spectacularly clear day. We can see the mountains uh, in the distance. And so, you know, there's there's really uh, interesting things to do out here. So we're going to uh, give this winter over to Arizona and California and Nevada, maybe. We'll see how the time goes. Uh-huh. And not rush around after four days, right? 1,700 miles. With the fuel prices are reasonably low these days, and of course with gas actually below three dollars a gallon that's very impressive for this time of year and the roads we found have been improved dramatically we did the last did this drive in the time when it was really bad was in 05 so it's been a while so it's been a while so since then they have uh, improved the roads dramatically and they are not full of potholes no and actually the driving was very smooth so we're very happy with how we got here and that we're here (laughs) right and that uh, we had no incidents, really, except everything is very dirty. And I'm going to have to go out and illegally wash my rig. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, something that surprises me here, uh, this is a lovely facility attached to another mega repair facility. Uh, there's a big camping world here. Uh, the park itself looks lovely in a parking lot sort of way. Um, every Arizona site sort has of a cement no. pad. No every site has a picnic table. Um, with chairs. With chairs. Yeah. Uh, great facilities in the bathroom department, a nice pool, a hot tub. Right. Um, but you're parked fairly close together in the parking lot camping sort of way. We're not in the woods. We're in the city. But there really aren't that many people here yet on yeah. the 1st of January. And when I called to well, make the reservation, they were like, yeah, come when you want. We have plenty of room. And they didn't ask for a deposit ahead of time which to me is unusual for winter camping so we'll see if more people show up as the month goes on so how did you spend your new year's eve <laughs> today's january is literally january 1st we usually do the podcast a few days before so i can mount it and get it all ready for you to listen to starting on january 1st or and he's on still going to try to get that done today well i don't we'll know see. about that but we'll uh, it, it'll be up shortly but we plan on doing this uh, as we have in the past where we pop the champagne and welcome in the new year with our listeners, which we are, of course, doing anyway. We're we're here with you on January 1st because when you're on the road, there's nobody else that you know. And so 
you may as well spend it with the listeners, <laughs> <laughs> our good friends. And while uh, we could have done this podcast on New Year's Eve, uh, after four days of driving, we were both feeling kind of dopey. We didn't get here till seven or till four o'clock. And in the even afternoon. though we are theoretically living on Mountain Time here yes. in Arizona, we celebrated <laughs> New Year's Eve when the ball dropped in New York City. <laughs> so by ten o'clock, we were well by ten thirty, we were in bed. <laughs> But we did have champagne. Yes. And if you take a look at the website, you'll be able to see the fabulous picture of us celebrating New Year's Eve. And, of course, we're very hopeful that you had a great uh, 2012 and that 2013 will even be better. And we're looking forward to great things in 2013. But how about your Christmas presents? Have you enjoyed them? I have. I brought the um, candles with me, which oh, are the, now sitting uh, on... Which were awarded to you at... Early, Early, as I recall, the yes. last podcast. Well, that was good because I got to use them at home on the windowsill by the Christmas tree, and now I have them on and the dashboard of the motorhome. And how about your last Christmas present? My Christmas present, I opened it. I was very surprised. I didn't think I was really getting a Christmas present. I got the the new iMac and a few other things, which I assumed would would ka-ching, suffice. Ka-ching, ka-ching. <laughs> suffice for Christmas presents, but. Under the tree was a present for me, and it was indeed for me. Now, this is going to sound strange. You'll have to tell me, because I don't know exactly what the name of this is, but it was the Bike Rope Lights. We, we saw these. <laughs> You're going to think this is crazy. We, I, we saw these in the Sky Mall magazine when oh, we were flying on Southwest right. Airlines. I could see that Ken was interested, so I ripped the page out. And I found that Sky Mall usually is um, an intermediary <laughs> yes, for yes. some other company, but I couldn't find the name of the other company. Oh, really? oh. So I had to order it through Sky Mall, which caused me some distress when uh-huh. it came to getting it delivered. But anyway, it's a very thin, this is what I didn't realize from the magazine which is cool. Uh, piece of fiber optic right. tubing that's attached to a battery pack and a colored light well, generator. Well, the idea is, is that... And it can flash in a variety of different patterns and frequencies, and you can wrap the tubing around your bicycle and ride around at night. That's what it was supposed to be for. <laughs> now, does that sound like me or what? <laughs> We very rarely ride our bikes at yeah, night, yeah, but, but, but I knew it's, that if you we're decorating the motorhome. So what I did last night, of course, I didn't have time to talk to our friends and the RV navigator, but I didn't have time to set up my lights. <laughs> Where are your? Where are my priorities? But this is a very cool. It's it's very thin and flexible uh, and flexible. So it doesn't actually have the lights in the uh, fiber Tubing. optic tube. It has uh, kind of a light at the end, which but it's very bright and nice. You could wrap it around all sorts of parts of things yeah. in all different colors yeah. <laughs> so i got five of these and each one is about 15 feet long 12 yeah. feet long yeah and very thin so that you can wrap it around stuff and tape it on stuff and it comes with uh well as she said it's supposed to be uh, wrapped around your bike frame you could even wrap it around yourself if you were like marching in a night parade well i want to take pictures that would be fun too. i want to take pictures yeah. with it because i think it'll be very cool at night to set it up and and spin it around, or you could put it into letters and spell out things, and then you know, take time lapse pictures. But anyway, so obviously that gift was. If a I can hit. find this on the web, I'll put a link to it because they weren't that expensive, I assume. Well, they weren't cheap. Okay, but well, by by the each for if you if you they need if you I need to five. illuminate your bicycle. Now understand, this doesn't provide any illumination on the road. I mean, it doesn't provide you. No. It just it's just it, it marker. Lets dri- car drivers notice you as you are driving. And we bike. looked at it. Uh, we put it in the front window of our motorhome and really it's quite impressive noticeable yes very noticeable and we needed to and have people a little say, oh how did that work we needed to have a little something because a lot of people here
year have Christmas decorations on their rigs who've probably spent the whole holiday here. Right. So if this doesn't cement my reputation as... A geek. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife knows me, I guess. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. So that was uh, the Christmas presents, and we had uh, a very good time with that. And I also brought the, the, the collapsible pan, but I haven't cooked anything well, that in was, it yeah, yet. Well, that, yes, we have to give a full report, but right. that'll have to wait till next month. Right. Okay, so right. other topics for today. Um, a Christmas gift you could have gotten if you didn't already have it is the electric fly swatter. Now, I think you might have talked about this in Alaska. When did I really? You, you I don't think. I thought it. I missed talking about it. But if you didn't, this would be a, a cool Christmas present for next year. <laughs> <laughs> but if you have $10, you can walk over to Walgreens in the summertime. And I bought one of these, uh, and I bought it kind of as a joke at the... Walgreens in the, Alaska. At the Walgreens in Alaska. But if you uh, see one of these, it looks like a tennis racket, but it's electrified wires, and it's used for killing mosquitoes and stuff. And I was amazed at how nice it works, because you don't actually have to... Hit them. Well, you don't have to hit it against something. You know, most of the time when you use a fly swatter, you have to smash, you have to smash it. it against something. And then this you end you, up with big bloops on the wall. This Ugh. thing you just touch, and it works great. I mean, well, there is that nasty smell as it's no, no, cooking. It, the but it's not bad. It doesn't. It, most of the time, it doesn't even go zap. It just kills them, and you can just wait for the bug to fly into it. And it works on all sorts of bugs, no matter what their size, and it just plain works. And we have one here from. Um, some RV company, but you don't have to do that. You could probably buy it at Camping World, but we bought ours at Walgreens and battery operated. Oh, this one even has, you don't even need, need rechargeable though. Mm-hmm. Ours just took a couple of batteries and I've mm-hmm. never had to replace This one them. has rechargeable. But I used it all the time outdoors and you just kind of swat it in the air and whoosh, the bugs are dead. Oh, it says here it's available at the RV toy outlet for five ninety nine. Anybody can afford that. Five ninety nine. Yeah, you paid more than that at Walgreens, I think. And this is rechargeable? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, let's order three or four. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give them, we'll, we'll, we'll send them out to the RV Navigator uh, listeners next year. As gifts. As gifts. No, we're not going to, no, that would cost too much. Yep. And we have too even many at, listeners now. Even at there are too many of you out there. We cannot afford this. Even at five ninety nine. David at five ninety nine. Okay, so, you know, we have uh, been using the Rand McNally RV-specific GPS. Uh, GPS. And we use the seven-inch model. It's it's the model seventy-seven twenty, and because one of the things I really like about it now is the fact that it has all the campgrounds built into it. So you just go to a town, pick the campground that you're going to go to, and it automatically routes you there, unless you're at the lazy days in, in Tucson. <laughs> As a navigationally impaired person, um, I would never be without a GPS, but they are machines after yes. all, and you cannot trust them implicitly. <laughs> so on my lap is always a paper map, which I get through our AAA membership, the new combined campground book, yes. Woodalls and Trailer Life. Yeah, I want to mention that too. And that had very explicit directions for how to get to this park, because it's a little bit of a and fake And we out. come to an intersection, and my GPS, which has been programmed with the whatever this it campground. has in it, this campground, I just, progr- just push the button and it goes to the campground, it says turn right. And, and I'm saying the, the campground book <laughs> says left, and he knows not to trust me because I'm such a ditz. But he went ahead and did it, and it was correct. Yes, so the GPS was wrong here. So if somebody is listening who can fix this <laughs> intent <laughs> uh anyway the cool thing that's happened is is that the Rand mcnally gps is now available for your ipad now my gps costs 
350 $350 or so, which is a fair piece of change. But you can get exactly the same thing on a much bigger screen for your iPad. <gasps> or if you've got a brand new, for Christmas, if you've got Mini? a brand new iPad Mini. Yeah. It depends, dear listener, on how big your dashboard space is. Right. With a motorhome, we have room for an iPad. You may not. Yes. But it's still very nice to have and put it in your lap, and it works very well, uh, and it works has the same software in it so that it has uh, all the features that we have come to know and love in the Rand McNally uh, built right into the iPad, and it's only $99, actually 100 Now, when you buy the app, will it be updated, or do you... Like my understanding, other, it comes with like lifetime other maps. Apps are? And when I turned it on just before we left home, it downloaded 300 megabytes worth of Perfect. stuff. Now... You say, well, I would just as soon use a different GPS, GPS in my in my uh, iPad or my iPhone. Now, this only works on the iPad, but bottom line is that this has all the maps built into it. So the download is big. It takes up uh, one and a half gigabytes worth of uh, space on your iPad, but that's good because you never have to be connected to the internet in order for it to work well. Whereas lots of others. They are they are great and they do great navigation, but if you're not connected to the internet, you're stuck. And as we know, depending on where you go, you cannot not, assume not, that you're always going to be on the yeah, internet. Yeah, not even to, no, wherever you go, <laughs> there's you're going to have lapses in, in the cell coverage. Plus the fact that you have to pay for all that data to be downloaded as you move. And when you're moving several hundred miles a day, that could add up to to big bucks because all those maps would be downloading as you drive. So this works uh, totally independent of the internet you don't need an internet connection and the maps are apparently are going to be updated regularly as with most gps's and we found it to be very accurate and we really like the fact that it's built for an rv i'm always nervous i'm still using the garmin as a backup i she doesn't trust it I often check with you to see mm-hmm. if you are getting the same information that I am yeah. because the Garmin could send you through a low overpass that we wouldn't fit under right. or on a road that's inappropriate for us. Right. So I think if you're only going to have one, as most sane people do, for your, um, RV. for your RV, that the Rand would be a better choice. Yes. And if you buy that, put it on the iPad Mini, it would fit in most, most uh, windows without much trouble. Uh, I'm looking for a nice mount for my iPad to stick on my... Although the 7-inch is a pretty decent... It's big enough. De- decent for what I use it for. So Lots this is of a choices. nice, inexpensive way, uh, probably the least expensive way for you to get yourself into uh, into GPS for your motorhome or your RV and puts that that device that you got for Christmas to more use and justifies the purchase of it because you can say, well... For the same price as buying a GPS, I can buy an iPad. Probably Ray McNally doesn't want, really want to hear me say that. No, they? they'd rather sell the devices, <laughs> I think. They would rather sell the hardware, too. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's available on the iTunes Store. Um, I don't think it's available for Android. Hmm, but that'll be interesting on an Android tablet. Mm-hmm. Once again, the reason why you want to go with the iOS. This is going to be a very techie issue, isn't it? Edition. Aren't they always? Well... Not really. You can talk about tethering. I'll go check the laundry. (laughs) She really is leaving me. Tethering. You have wanted to tether your iPhone and your computer together, haven't you? Yes, of course you have. But you've checked with AT&T or Verizon or whoever it is, and you find out that the expense of tethering is quite high and that uh, it probably isn't worth it. Now, tethering means that you use your iPhone or your Android uh, phone as a 
Oh, she's back now. To Wi-Fi keep... hotspot? It's a Wi-Fi hotspot, right. See, I have been listening. <laughs> uh, and it's offered uh, sporadically with uh, various uh, cell phone plans. So you use cellular data, and then your, your device becomes a Wi-Fi hotspot. For Verizon, you have to spend uh, a fair amount of extra Big money bucks. in order to do that. Yeah. My impression is that AT&T offers this as an option. But I found out that there is a website that does this, <laughs> which doesn't use any extra software on your phone so that you can tether without the phone company knowing about it. Of course, you have to pay for the data, any data that you use. But there are times when we would like to tether. Go to tether.com. I downloaded their software. They charge $20 a year for all the tethering you want to do. And I did it once so far because I just found out about this website. And I would be I would love to have some feedback from you out there in Radioland. And what happens is you run the software. It connects up with your phone through the Wi-Fi. It gives you directions on how to do it. And then through their servers, you're able to do web browsing. So and it's very easy to set if up. If you hooked this up to your phone, your computer and mine could tether? No, one at a time. Uh-huh. Yes, you can do it. You just need the name and the, and, the, and the account information and the software, but it's one person at a time. So you don't get the five. And it does take a little bit of extra work, so it is possible. It is cold here, and that's why the furnace just turned on. So if you hear a little background noise, it's just the furnace doing its thing. And we're about to get some more propane, even though we filled up at home. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> because even with 26 gallons of propane, it still goes by in a hurry when you're at below freezing and every night. So you might want to take a look at tethering.com as an option for connecting up your devices, especially in kind of an emergency situations when you have cell phone, but you don't have... Uh, Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi, right tire pressure monitors we are very annoyed with our tire pressure monitors i have they don't work well monitors they're expensive when the batteries wear out i've talked about this before mine is a duran and don't don't do it don't do it right you need a tire pressure monitor i think the concept is very important yes but these have been a great disappointment and on the way here i had as i said 10 sensors four on the toad six on the motorhome and i had a maximum of three working the whole trip. The whole trip. Now, I know that as the temperature gets up to 70, because on the way home from Alaska, I had nine working. But that's not 10. That's not 10. <laughs> you got it exactly. And the company is very unresponsive to my needs. And I bought two new ones at $29 each. And one of them has gone bad already. And I just, they. They want you to send it back, and they'll test it, and then they'll send you a new one if it's bad, and blah, 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 blah. And, of course, you cannot change the batteries, and I think that's the real issue here. So these are sealed units that go on your wheels. And when you lose contact with them, for whatever the reason, then they go off and beep, making you think you're about to have a blowout. Well, but they no. beep all the time, and so now it's like crying yeah, wolf. And I think right. if ever if they ever did no, beep... No, it has a very different... A different sounding beep? Uh, the display looks very different. Okay. But when they're working, I think they do a, a good job. But the problem is, is they de- they don't really work. And I spent a lot of money on this. I spent $50 per sensor. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Plus the unit, 300 and some odd dollars for Ooh. the unit itself. So we are planning to hit quartzite this year. <laughs> 
and we are going to be looking for an alternative because at $30 per sensor for me to have them replaced every couple years is, as I have mentioned, what's that, $600? Ka-ching, so ka-ching. No, $300 every couple years, and so I may as well just buy a new unit. And then they don't work in the cold weather. And then they don't work in the cold weather. So uh, Duran and Pressure Pro are the same, and I would steer clear of both of them because, uh, from my experience, they just don't work. So I'm going to take a look at a new one, and I found one uh, that's called uh, Tire Minder, and I can buy the whole package for about three hundred dollars. Now, uh, frankly, for the toad and the motorhome. Yeah, no. Well, I could. That'll be six, and I'll have to buy some extra sensors to mm-hmm. go with it. But that'll still be probably right around the cost of replacing the sensors on the other one. And I get the whole unit. And it operates with replaceable lithium right, batteries. Right, and that's the big. And they will give you batteries until two thousand eighteen. So basically, the one expense will be. A one-shot deal, and then you have, just have to put in batteries. And it does say you have to put in the batteries uh, once a year or so. And I That's can handle reasonable, that. like a smoke detector. Right, you, and you I can have ha- to change every battery it. once in a while. Right. Uh, these other batteries are supposed to last for multiple years, but uh, obviously either they don't last or they are not, or they're too uh, temperature sensitive. <sighs> so is, We've that vented, little, is that a little too much R and R? Vented your spleen. <laughs> Well, it is frustrating. Well, it, and it is the new year. Don't I get to vent in the new year? <laughs> Rant number one for the new year. <laughs> she rolls her eyes. The R&R is right here. So I spent the first half hour ranting. <clears throat> no, and you talk, did some techie talk, too. When we are traveling around, and even when we're at home thinking about traveling around, we like to read um, blogs that other people are writing about their experiences. We've learned a lot from others, just as we hope you have learned from us. And it often mystifies me when I read blogs of people who have had absolutely no or hardly any RVing experience, and they suddenly decide to become full-timers. And uh, for some of these people, it works out, and for others, it's a bad decision. But this leads us to talk a little bit about the fact that even if you have RVed in a part-time sort of way, the experience that you've had is not the same as a full-timing experience, because when you're doing it as a vacation, you are always limited in time. You're thinking about you have to get back home and take care of blah, blah, blah. These these days, as everyone is so connected, you're probably working while you're on vacation because your boss wants you to check your email every five minutes, and, and it's very stressful. And all that rushing around um, makes people cut corners. Um, we saw a comment that somebody had written where they went through a border inspection, and the officials came inside their rig, and they were full-timers, and the inspector said... Uh, this is the tidiest, cleanest RV we've ever been in. What's the reason why? And they were thinking about it, and they said, well, probably when you're on vacation, you just kind of throw stuff in the corner because you're always rushing around. And so, Whereas when you're in a motorhome for a full time, you have to keep it clean or else it gets too cluttered. Yeah, we get on, well, we get on my nerves. Let's okay. put it that way. And when you're on a vacation, you don't have um, a very good routine because every day is a little bit different. It's a lot more comfortable and convenient to live in an RV for a longer period of time, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, yes, and I think that you have to you have an entirely different mindset when you're RVing on a full-time basis. Now, of course, we're speaking of this not as full-timers, but almost full-timers. I mean, Lengthy timers. this last year we've been in the motorhome almost 8 months. So, that gives us a pretty good sense of what full-timing is like. And you don't have the sense of vacation because when we did Alaska, we just we stayed until we were done, and we 
um, travel where we want to, when we want to. And you don't have that rush, 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 rush around that you do when you're on vacation because you can take it because you know you got the time to do exactly what you want to do and as we've just mentioned uh, earlier now we're not on vacation we're living our lives just like we would if we were but it's just a different home so what are we going to do next well we don't know exactly we're going to kind of wander around whereas i don't think you would do that on vacation no, you know you'd have your two weeks your three weeks your month whatever you have and you'd have uh every day would be set and you'd have your reservations and and although we have made a couple of reservations, we certainly have not made anything firm. And we're going to kind of wander around because that's what you do when you are a full-timer. And you can just kind of talk to people and see what's uh, up. And somebody invites you to do something, you can go do it. And it's just nice that way. So it's a very different experience than vacationing. And I don't consider this a vacation. It's a lifestyle. And you might want to consider it. Well, as a techie and as a techie wannabe, I guess I could describe <laughs> myself. Although that's really not true either. Well, we we watch either. we watch developments coming down the road, and we try to stay on top of things because we have seen some of our fellow baby boomers opt out of the technology, technology world. world, and then suddenly want to get back in for some reason and find the chasm of ignorance that they have <laughs> oh, accumulated the over those years um, insurmountable. Well, and you become uh, almost illiterate in terms of modern society. So we do try to stay on top of things, is yes. what I'm trying to say. And some things like Twitter, although I hear about it all the time, just don't seem to have any relevance well, for my life. And Pinterest is another one of those that we were dimly aware of. Yes. And, I, and I have heard about it popular. a lot for young brides gathering, stuff uh -huh. they're going to get for their wedding. And it didn't seem very relevant to me either. So basically what you do is you go around the web and you pin stuff. And then that stuff is gathered on a single page with a topic. Like a bulletin board. Like a bulletin board. But you don't actually have to do anything in terms of moving stuff. It just is automatically moved. The site is Pinterest. So we've, there's P -I -N -T -E -R -E -S -T a site. P-I-N-T-E-R-E-S-T dot com. It's too long to read. Put, you need no, no, to put but this is, no, but that's the, the, the main basic site. site. The main th site. This idea. And there you'll find all sorts of pages that will be uh, oriented toward various topics, so you know things that people pin stuff, and then it's it's put on the page. So it's a way of sharing content that you find on the web. So you found one that's um, a subcategory called RV Ideas Tiny Living, and here people <laughs> are sharing cool. things that they have found useful for their RV lifestyle. Right. And sharing experiences, sharing... But it's primarily in pictures. Uh-huh. So with, with a little bit of writing. It's just a, a complete page full of photos that uh, have appeared on the web someplace and somebody has pinned them and then they are collected all in one place for you to look at and then you can click on the picture and be taken to the original site. And this is called Pinterest and it's a nice idea and I may try doing that for RVing. A good place for sharing and getting ideas. Right. So what this is, we're putting a link up here to the one I found called Tiny Living and what it is is all sorts of small RVs and people living in them. And things they buy to put in them. Uh-huh, exactly. Uh -huh. Now, we don't want to forget also the upcoming, so this is actually very timely, because we have the uh, RV TV shows that are coming up, and there are actually several that uh, you might want to be interested in, in watching. <laughs> now, January 6th is the Travel Channel's Mega RV. And that's a, a program which will be focused on RVing. It's at 8 p.m. Uh, Pacific and Eastern time. On January 6th. And it's going to bring together high-end RVs for you to take a look at. We oh. also have 
A little drooling. A little drooling. We also have HGTV's RV 2013. And, of course, they do one of these every year. They do it at the Hershey RV Show, and they take a family or two or three and take them around to various RVs that would be suitable for their for their living style. And this one <laughs> is going to be shown on January 1st, 2013. Today. Now, I, I, which obviously is too late for you right now unless you already taped it. Taped. Recorded it. Recorded it. Jeez, I'm stuck in the. I talk about high tech and moving You're to the future. On here the wrong I am side stuck. of the chasm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you haven't taped it, I, I did check and I didn't see any additional showings besides the one that's going to be on today. But you know that it'll be on many times in the near in the near future. So take a look at uh, RV 2013 on HGTV. Also on HGTV is uh, a program, a series called House Hunters, which you probably, <laughs> if you're into guilty pleasures, you've probably watched, where they take a couple. They have a few versions of this. There was one where they go overseas and house hunt yeah. for a second home, second home but, in the U.S., uh, primary home in the U.S., a, a, and a real estate person talks to you and kind of gets an idea on your budget and what you're interested in, and they show you three choices. Right. And then the show builds the tension as you try to exactly. decide which one the couple's going to buy. And the one we just saw did the same sort of thing with the motorhome. This was a youngish couple. A young couple. Who was planning on opting out of normal young life and hitting the road for a year. And this this one is not new, uh, but it was on recently because that's why I taped it. Oh, that's why I recorded, recorded it. it. <laughs> <laughs> this couple has gone on to become uh, full-timers, pretty much, living and working on the road. Their website is now called Gone with the Winds. W-Y-N-N-S. And, of course, that's their last name. They are, I would say, an under-30 couple. Yeah, they might be 30. Okay. And very RV illiterate from our point of view. But I very enthusiastic very travelers, enthu right. and um, they do a very nice job of um, filming things that they have right. been doing and editing them nice and tight so they're not boring to watch and putting them on their website. And if you even if you can't watch the show, it's probably worth it to go and look at their website, follow what they're doing because they do some kind of interesting things. So that's Gone with the Winds. Uh, another website that we're going to recommend uh, that you might want to take a look at, something we're going to be doing in the not-too-distant future, is uh, a little bit of boondocking. And this is called Band of Boondockers. And this is a website where people are getting together and sharing uh, cool boondocking ideas. Um, Information about free campgrounds or cheap ones or unique places to stay while you're on the road for the frugal. And we're going to be going off to Quartzsite. The next report you hear will probably have mega reports of cool stuff that we get at, at the Quartzsite RV show. Which and we'll is have at the boondocking end, on the mind. Which is at the end of January. And of course you can go there and boondock on BLM land for totally free. Of course no services, but uh, we're going to try that at the end of this month. Oh, another, if you're into small RVs, you might want to take a look at the... Vistibule. Vistibule. A teardrop trailer. A Vis real cutie. The outside of it reminds me of Airstream. Yeah, but bit. they're trying to get the most size out of the inside as they possibly can with a queen-size bed and other all assorted stuff that makes it actually live much bigger. But you and can a, pull it with almost any car. And a big window. That's the vestibule. I also want to reiterate that we don't take any advertising and we don't really recommend anything. So all of these things are just uh, articles and things that we've seen on the web and that we are just recommending. Did someone question you? No, but I just want people to understand that we are 
our word is our bond. <laughs> well, and I hope and that we're we make, not really recommending these things. We're just letting you know that they're available. And I hope we make clear that s- most of the things we talk about are things we've read, as opposed to our own personal experiences. Which I think you can understand. Like you the know air, when that air happens. pressure monitors. You know, when you hear a little R R, you know that he's <laughs> that you it's know a personal we're experience. From personal experience. And that our experiences, we don't, uh, as we say, we don't take any advertising. We pay for the website and all the associated stuff with the podcast. So there is no incentive for us to be uh, less than candid, and we're not. So take that as a point of reference. Caveat emptor. Right. When we talk about cleaner water is healthier and choosing a water filter... Well, we are very much opposed to all these little plastic water bottles that people buy and carry around. In most cases, when you are living in a stick-built home, your municipality provides water that's good enough for you to drink, and you don't need to generate all that garbage hauling around all those little water bottles. These days, I read about some of the plastics being carcinogens. Uh It just seems like a bad idea. But certainly when we are on the road, uh, we are not always as confident about the drinking water. And so right. we choose Especially in Texas. to filter it. They have salt in their water. In and southern they actually Texas. Have, and they even warn you about it. And not only that, but they have machines literally can, on the street corner that dispense water. I mean, we've all seen them in the, in the grocery stores where they have a water dispenser machine, which does reverse osmosis in the store and provides you a safe, clean drinking water that you provide the bottles and it will then uh, just fill them. So that's a nice, uh, fairly inexpensive way, but 35 cents a gallon still adds up. And in Texas, they have them out on the street because the water is known to be unhealthy to drink. So this whole filtering process is somewhat confusing to me because when you look at the filters, they're vastly different in price, and each one filters different kinds of boogery things that you don't think you should be drinking. Uh, So we have a water filter on the hose uh, for the water coming into the rig that takes out... Sediment. Remember. Yeah, okay. And then we osmosis our water. Our on, drinking water. On the inside of the rig. We have a portable really gonna drink. Osm- uh, reverse osmosis, which is really worked out well. And it's we have, worked out so well, I take it home and use it at home because I don't like the taste of our drinking water at home, even though it's perfectly clean. So we do reverse osmosis in the rig all the time, and we have two, two, two and a half gallon uh, containers that we just kind of keep filled up every once in a while. It's doing it as we speak, and it provides us with, with basically free water. Well, drink we known quality drinking water at all times. And we just have these two containers, not a bunch of little bottles. Right. That we're hauling so around. we shower in regular water, but it, it, we, it's filtered and stuff, but... And, of course, if you want to spend the money, you can get a permanently installed osmosis unit. But even but in my house, in it rig. seemed like it took up a lot of room. And then you have to drill a hole in the sink and have an extra nozzle. But we are going to do that. Probably, yeah. Uh, so we want to mention one last thing, and that is a website which sounds interesting. The Trip Wizard. Yes, and I they don't, claim I, that they're the best RV trip planner available anywhere. Uh, a lot of people use Streets and Trips, mm-hmm. Trips and Streets from Microsoft, which is an inexpensive choice, but uh, it doesn't work on the Mac, so we don't use it. And we would like to find a trip planning site or trip planning software. And this, I'm not sure exactly what this is. I haven't had a chance to really check it out too much, and I would love some feedback if somebody would like to try it or has tried it. It's rvtripwizard.com, and they promise to be the very best. Oh, maybe they'll be in Quartzsite, and I can find mm, Talk I to them. Some, yeah. 
I would like to know what you think about this. If you've used it. If you used it. They have an extensive collection of, of uh, campgrounds and rooting options, and it just looks like a nice piece of, piece of well, it's not, it's a website. I'm not sure exactly what it is. And you pay to subscribe to it. And you pay $37 per year. That must be why we haven't tried it out yet. Because it's $37? Yeah. Okay. They have all sorts of different campgrounds and rooting options. So we'll have to see how that develops and see what it is in the not-too-distant future. In this next month, I will have tons of time to look over this stuff. Good. Good. Okay. Another month under the belt. The RV Navigator moves on to episode 100 in the not-too-distant future. Are we going to have a party? More champagne? Yeah, we'll even be up till midnight, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... Dear listeners, we hope that uh, your 2013 starts out well, and we will sing Old Anxiety now. No, we won't. We like our listeners. Oh. May old we like acquaintance. <laughs> I can't sing? No, I can't sing. Uh, so we will uh, say goodbye for now and hope that you have a prosperous new year in 2013. And we hope that you get a chance to spend at least two weeks uh, RVing somewhere in the world. Thanks for listening. And we sincerely hope that we will see you in a campground near us in January of 2013.